This morning on the third hour of today, the summer travel forecast. It will be a busy few months. Hot destinations and how much more this year's vacation is going to cost us. Then in our series today, climate, an idea so nuts it might just work. And this is just the byproduct of coconuts that are being right. used anyway. Right. Dylan finding out how coconuts could help save our shoreline. Plus, Tony winner Neil Patrick Harris live, starring in a hilarious new show where everything goes wrong and it's so right. And we're celebrating National Gardening Day with some serious flower power, hacks for your bouquet, and the best picks on a budget. Today, Friday, April 14th, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Oh, baby, good morning. It is the third hour of today, Friday. Let's start the show with an old baby. Oh, <laughs> Al, along with Chanel, Dylan, Craig is is uh, just winding he's down. He's living his best now. life somewhere. As I've been well thinking he about him, though. I'm like, oh, man, he's probably thinking it's Friday. Vacation's almost <laughs> over. Yeah, well, he can uh, enjoy a couple he more He can. Well, you know who else is going to be enjoying today? Our pal, Jill Martin-Brooks. Happy birthday, Jilly. Happy birthday, Jill. We love you. We love you. Oh, oh, that's a cute picture. A sister of the show. <laughs> and, and, you know, next week, it's really going to be a Friday because we're going to be taking the broadcast on the show, yes. on the road. No, wait. The third hour of today, heading to Sonoma County, California. Well, I think we deserve a countdown. Okay. Yes, we right. do. Seven days away. Here Seven we go. Seven days Let's do away. It. And so many of you are oh, coming. There we go. Look there it is. Oh, we have a little clock. countdown clock. It's yes. going to be a good time. I love it. So we're hosting a huge Start Today event. We are going to see the sites. We're going to give you a taste of Sonoma County. And we are bringing some special guests along, too. So it'll be a good show. So be sure to tune in one week from today. The show and the event are both sponsored by Sonoma County Tourism California. Here we come. Right back yeah. where we started from. The weather's been looking better, too. At first, it was looking a little cold and cloudy, oh, but I, I, think, I think we might get some sunshine. I'm very excited about our little balloon ride together. Are, what, we're well, going huh? on a hot air balloon? <gasps> really? Like tethered, or can, are they going to let us go? Oh, we're untethered, baby. Untethered? No way. Well, no, no. The, the balloon may be, but we are. Oh. So we're untethered. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe I won't be going that balloon ride. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Speaking of traveling, if you are planning a summer getaway, expect long lines, expensive tickets. Mm-hmm. We're getting an idea for just how busy it's going to be already over the spring break season. The TSA says the number of passengers being screened is back to pre-pandemic levels. So are the airlines ready for it? NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation for us. So, Tom, how is this summer travel season shaping up? I, I know we've had a lot of some, uh, a lot of problems mm-hmm. that we saw last yeah. summer. Right there What's at Costello looking- National Airport. Yes. <laughs> It should be named after you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, in all seriousness, the police chief here once offered me my own locker. He said, you're here more than my own cops are here. Um, listen, to answer your question, it's been busy already here at, at the airport today on a Friday in April, right, coming off of spring break. And that's what we expect to continue all the way through the summer. We're at two to two and a half million passengers coming through checkpoints every single day. So this is expected to continue. By one estimate, we're going to see global tourism up 30 percent over where it was pre-pandemic 2019. And Delta Airlines already reporting record numbers of people booking for the summer. So that's a good reminder and maybe a heads up. You probably want to start thinking about the plans for the summer and be prepared to pay for it, right? We're looking at domestic tickets on average, 328 bucks for the summer round trip. If you're going to Mexico, about 528 bucks or so. There you go for Europe, 1100 bucks round trip. That's up 30% 
from pre-pandemic levels, from 2019 levels. I got a list of top destinations, for example, in New York, in the States. Of course, it's New York City, and it's also going to be Vegas, and it's going to be Orlando, and it's going to be here in D.C. By the way, all the Smithsonian's are free. It's a great tourist trap for the kids. It's cheap. And then if you're going overseas, it's London, of course. It's Paris. And then it's going to be Tokyo uh, and Rome. So Europe is back and in a big way, you guys. It, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. Well, I didn't know. I was just telling Al, Tom, I didn't know the, the Smith. You said they were free, the Smithsonian? Yeah. I didn't know that. Smithsonian so, museums are free. Yeah, I, I not every museum that. in D.C., but the Smithsonian's are free. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, so, which is why they're so crowded. Right. Well, you were talking about you know the expense. The reality is most people aren't even traveling by themselves. I mean, it's you know four, families and five people. That, oh, go ahead. Well, I just was to say, Tom. Last summer yeah. we knew there was such a disaster because of the staffing shortages. Yeah. So, are the airlines staffed up now? Okay, so let's hope, right? Fingers crossed. I mean, by the end of the summer, last summer, almost a quarter of all flights have been delayed almost an hour. Think about that. Two and a half percent have been canceled. So that was because they weren't ready. They didn't have the staff in the airports, in the planes, for example. So, yes, all the airlines say they've staffed up. Airports have staffed up. I don't think they have enough, to be honest. But mm. they say that they've staffed up, at least in the, air, in the planes, and they've also signed new labor agreements with their pilots. So that should improve dramatically. But here's the problem. There aren't enough air traffic control controllers, especially in New York City. So the FAA has asked specific uh, airlines to kind of scale back going into and out of New York. If you have fewer seats, what happens to airfares? They go up. So if you're going into or out of New York, that could be an issue this summer. When I said I don't think they have enough, I just had an incident a, a week ago where I flew into Huntsville and we sat on the plane for 20 minutes because yeah. they had nobody to bring the jet yep. bridge to the plane. Mm -hmm. So that kind of thing. And they say it's a staffing issue. They yep. didn't have enough people on the ground. Well, Tom, great advice, Tom. And by the way, and this is not an ad for clear, but I'm telling you, yeah. so many people now, Tom, as you can tell, TSA pre is so crowded. Clear kind of becomes the yeah. TSA pre of TSA it's pre. It's our secret. <laughs> yeah, this TSA pre-check line this morning was longer mm -hmm. than the regular line. Wow. Now, obviously, it should move faster. Right. But that really speaks to how many people have pre-checked. Uh, yeah. Get here early. Get an early flight if you can. Stay flexible. And then lastly, consider booking. I'm not sure I agree with this totally, but the pros say consider booking last minute. No. I think the flights are going to be sold out, yeah. you guys. Yeah. So, and expensive. And right now, every flight that I'm on, every flight I'm on is packed. Yep. And yeah. even in the off-season. So I'm not sure I would wait till the last minute, but that's what some of the pros say. I guess if you're that's not right. in a rush. That's it, especially pressed. when you've got an airport named after you. You listen to Tom Costello. <laughs> At least a locker. Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. I love yeah. him. Uh, South right. Florida is always a popular vacation destination, but right now the region is dealing with some really catastrophic flooding. In fact, in the city of Fort Lauderdale, more than two feet of rain fell in just seven hours. Look at that. Let's go to NBC's Sam Brock. He's there live this morning with a look at the aftermath. What's the latest there, Sam? Yeah, Chanel. So first of all, you've seen what it looks like after a hurricane. That's kind of what this neighborhood looks like. We're a couple of miles from Fort Lauderdale Airport. Right now, this morning, 36 hours out, which is to say that there's water still all over the streets here. You'll see cars stranded. That one right there is a rental car. A family from Ireland traveled here. I just interviewed him, actually. Stephen and his wife, Veronica, they had to rescue their two-year-old son, Seamus, who was in a car seat in the back as the water Chanel reached all the way to where the wheel is. That's when they were able to get out. And amazingly, there were good Samaritans here in this community that came over and helped shuttle them to safety in the middle of all of this, right? So as I'm talking to you right now, 
We're hearing folks talking about the level of, of water that's on the ground at the moment. It's a couple of feet. It does get to three or four feet as you move along. We're going to show that to you in a second. But for context, typically in April in Fort Lauderdale, you'll see somewhere in the neighborhood of three inches for the month of rain, right? 25 years ago, there was 20 inches of rain. Now we just saw 26 inches of rain in a seven-hour time frame. So it explains why you're seeing the scenario that we are right now. That plus, topographically, you've got an issue in South Florida, that there is not just rain coming down from above, but the water table underneath. There's porous rock here, and sea level rise has caused it to come up. So you have water coming in from underneath, nowhere to escape, coming from above as well. And it's just sandwiched and pooling in these neighborhoods, which is how we find ourselves where we are right now. One other thing I'd like to show you, just to my side here, look at this car. Okay, that's still in three to four feet of water. It was moved over from the median at some point over the last day and a half over to this little dip. Some people we saw actually tying their vehicles, guys, with some sort of tether or rope to a tree to anchor it down so the cars didn't float away. And as of this moment right now, according to the city, there's 600 people here who still are displaced. Look to my other side. Look at this road right here. You're going to see folks that are sort of wading through water. Look at all of that water down that street. This is still a day and a half after. So it's a community right now that's really trying to come to terms with this problem still elevated and hoping that the water recedes soon if there's not more rain today. Oh, my goodness. That yeah. really puts it in perspective. Yeah, they'll have a couple of pop-up showers, but nothing like they've nothing seen. Nothing like that. Oh, yeah. my God. All right. Thanks, Thank Sam. you, Sam. All right, coming up, we are going to show you how some communities are actually trying to protect against flooding like that by getting creative using coconuts. Hmm. Then later in our series, The Upside, the dancer on a mission to bring more diversity to the ballet stage. We'll be right back. This morning in our Today Climate series, a small coastal community that's getting really creative to share, save their, their shoreline. Yeah, like many beach towns, rising sea levels and erosion, they're all threatening the shoreline, especially in Neptune, New Jersey. And now they are trying a new approach, and it all starts with coconuts. This is the husk itself, oh, right? This wow. is the fiber. And this is just a byproduct of coconuts that are being right. used anyway. Right. In New Jersey, beautiful beaches are part of the state's identity, drawing thousands of tourists every year. But here, in the small town of Neptune, the beloved shoreline is threatened by sea level rise and erosion. With climate change, the storms have gotten worse, the impacts have gotten worse. Tim Dillingham is the executive director of the American Littoral Society, the organization overseeing Neptune's beach restoration project, funded by FEMA. At the heart of the project is a wall of coconut husk, or core, spanning more than 2,000 feet along the riverbank, used to protect the beach from erosion. He calls it a living shoreline. Why would you want to use something like that as opposed to something that would last a lot longer, like seal or you know something stronger? So coconut fibers are natural. Um, and ultimately, after they've done their job of stabilizing the beach so that the grasses can grow, they'll disappear. They'll go into the environment. You know, our whole goal was to try to restart the natural processes where we can and not leave any footprints, so to speak, on the, of the work. This is what coastal flooding looked like along the shore just months ago, before the project was put in place. It was important for the community to find a solution that would preserve the shoreline's ecosystem instead of building the more traditional bulkhead. Arlene Sharapa is a longtime resident. People around here are environmentally concerned, and I think that makes a big difference. The environmentally conscious solution begins thousands of miles away in India, Indonesia, and Sri Lanka, some of the world's largest producers of coconuts. 
Instead of discarding it as waste, the husk is extracted, processed, and packaged before it's exported to the U.S. And even though it sounds like a costly operation, it was more affordable than the alternative. This project costs us a little bit less than a million dollars to do. If uh, the town had ultimately decided to build a, a hard wall, it would have been more than two million dollars to do that. And all this work with coconut cores is not just happening here in New Jersey. That's right, Dylan. We're here in Hummelstown, Pennsylvania, where this crew is working on this restoration project in a residential neighborhood. What they're doing is putting in those coconut core logs and this matting along the stream here to protect it from runoff and pollutants from getting into this water and eventually the Chesapeake Bay and our drinking water. And Dylan, conservationists in New Jersey and Pennsylvania will be excited to see the success coconut fibers had here in Austin, Texas. Back in 2009, this part of Lake Austin was eroding and core logs were installed. More than 10 years later, erosion has slowed and plant life is thriving. Now, the newly completed project in Neptune, New Jersey will be put to the test. Do you think the next big storm that comes through, do, do residents feel safe? Well, there's always a chance that there's going to be some flooding, but I think that the benefits of having the living shoreline far outweigh the possible effects of another storm. And uh, time will tell. You know, storms happen and hurricanes happen and they're a way of life along the coastline. We think this will be resilient. If a storm comes in that's large enough to destroy it, we'll come back and rebuild it. So I love these natural ways of yeah. protecting the coastline. Last year, we actually visited a community in eastern Long Island where they used oyster shell hmm. reefs to reinforce the shoreline. So it's called a natural uh, shoreline, natural solutions mm -hmm. to adapt to climate change. I want to also thank um, our affiliates, yeah. WGAL News 8 in Lancaster and KXAN in Austin, who helped us out with this story. That was, was cool seeing that. Yeah. It was cool to see it implemented in other places. And along Lake Austin, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. And you can kind of see how the natural vegetation grew mm. into those logs mm. and then the logs will disintegrate and then you're left with everything what a great that solution. Is, is natural for that area. Thanks for that story, mm -hmm. Dylan. That was great. Coming up, we're going to meet a ballerina on a mission in our series, The Upside. How she's taking stage dreams and making them come true for dancers of color. Then later, he can dance, sing, he does it all. That's right. Neil Patrick Harris shows up to talk about his return to Broadway, his family, and a whole lot more when the third hour of today comes right back. We're just going to keep staring at you, Neil. Just say, <laughs> This morning, we are taking our series, The Upside, to the ballet. The Chocolate Ballerina Company is aiming to inspire young black women and men to pursue their dance dreams. It is the brainchild of a professional dancer who wants other artists to follow in her footsteps. So today we have a treat. We have Weekend Today co-anchor Kristen Welker. She had a chance to meet her. Good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Chanel Holland tells me there weren't many opportunities to dance in the Philadelphia and Harlem neighborhoods where she grew up, but she fell in love with the art and she saw ballet as her ticket out. So she worked tirelessly for years to become a professional dancer, and now she's paying it forward to pave the way for others like her. Nestled in the heart of South Philadelphia, the sounds of change are afoot. Led by Philadelphia native Chanel Holland, who at age 13 saw dance as an escape. It was like, this is me. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is my safe haven. But Chanel quickly realized she was one of few black dancers in the predominantly white world of ballet. I was not as tall. I was not as thin. 
My hair was not coarse. You look different. The physicality of ballet was designed for a specific body type. So automatically to them, she'll never make it in New York City Ballet. How did you not let that get you down? I cried a lot. Like I'm, I'm having a moment now just thinking about it, going into a locker room and having all your stuff stolen because you're the only African-American in that company. I think it was more like me just knowing that there's always uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Chanel persevered, driven by her passion for dance, at age 16 accepted to the world-renowned Alvin Ailey Dance Theater. They really nurture you as an artist, and that experience really made me who I was today. After five years dancing professionally, she realized she wanted to give back and see more young black aspiring professionals. As I looked around, I said, well, where are they? And it's like, I gotta go get them. I gotta go back to my community and get them. In 2017, she created Chocolate Ballerina Company, a community-based dance program, bringing ballet to black and brown students from Philly, Baltimore and Washington. For many, the barriers to ballet are insurmountable with a bill that can be $900 a month. So Chanel offers free or reduced price classes. Chanel's efforts paid off, putting on performances that celebrate African-American history and culture, including a twist on the traditional Christmas ballet, the Nutcracker dipped in chocolate. For 17-year-old Jayla Anderson, this experience has put her on a powerful path. I was able to dance and feel free and know that everybody else in the room was like me. Jayla says it's the details that make a difference, including leotards for darker skin tones. When I wear brown, I literally just like, my body relaxes and I feel very confident and comfortable in my skin. During a recent Sunday rehearsal, the company was preparing for what they believe will be the first ever all black and brown performance of Swan Lake. Sade Barnwell plays the part of the dying swan, hoping to inspire the next generation of ballerinas. Young kids, like being able to see it, young black and brown dancers, being able to see like they can end up somewhere and end up on a stage and do what they love. Chanel's vision is now a reality, but her work is not finished. What is your message to other young dancers who feel like becoming a ballerina is out of their reach? Let me be the testament that it can happen. It is going to happen. It's happening to me. One dancer slowly changing the face of ballet while changing lives with every step. She is incredible. Those dancers are incredible. Swan Lake opens in Philadelphia on June 4th. And Chanel says her dream now is to grow the Chocolate Ballerina Company and open up dance studios in the D.C. area, New York, Texas, and even Florida, you guys. Oh, so, really incredible. so good and That's so right. needed. I was like, man, this girl named Chanel. That's right. Harlem, Harlem Philadelphia. and Philly Where and you, likes to dance. You've lived. She's my spirit animal. <laughs> she is your spirit animal, Chanel. And she's that. so filled with passion, just like you. Seems you can see it, it in every single answer she gives. That was a great story to Thanks, share with everybody. Kristen. Thank you. Kristen. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. <laughs> All right, coming up, what could go wrong when Neil Patrick Harris stops by? He's starring in a hilarious spin on a classic children's story, and he is here to tell us all about it. Why, hello. Then later, some pro tips on this National Gardening Day, the best spring flowers on a budget, and something called the chop and drop.
We'll get into that when we come right back. I like to do Chop that. and drop. <laughs> yeah. Our next guest can do it all. Did you know that? You can do it all? All. Neil Patrick Harris is a five-time Emmy winner who starred in some classic shows like How I Met Your Mother. Then in 2014, he snagged a Tony Award for his performance in the play Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And now Neil is making his return to Broadway. That is right. Neil is the narrator and a pirate. In the, I love that. A narrator and a pirate. <laughs> in the play Peter Pan Goes Wrong. The title is very fitting as members of the Cornley Drama Society battle mishap after mishap on their journey to Neverland, and he is here with us this morning. Ruth. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having Absolutely. me on. So you made your debut this Tuesday, and while you are a Tony winner, yep. I read that you were a little nervous. And I'm like, Yeah, my first why? time back to, uh, into to New York on the big Broadway stage it's, uh, nine years ago was Hedwig. And I'm just doing a limited run of a show that's existing and that had already existed, and these performers are so amazingly mm. talented that it's uh, it's jarring. You're trying to jump on a very fast-moving <laughs> yeah. train, really. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter Pan goes wrong. It's kind of like a play within a play. We're watching a play go badly. Essentially, it's if you like the J.M. Barry story of Peter Pan, it actually does tell that. It's just told through the lens of these actors who are playing performers who are trying to put on the show, and they are uniquely inept in uh, very specific <laughs> ways. And so literally almost everything that can go wrong does. And a lot of physical comedy in this. A lot of very technical and physical comedy. I'm a massive physical comedy fan from mm. like Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, but then Rowan Atkinson, Bill Irwin, David Shiner. Like I really love the physical stuff. Hedwig had a lot of physicality in it. And so watching these people, they are so precise. It is okay. like a giant magic show hmm. to see chaos and pratfalls and things that should and when you watch it, it seems like it's only happening then, mm -hmm. and that it's very sloppy. Is like laser beam mm -hmm. precise. Look, this is from. Oh, oh wow. this is from. <laughs> I don't know what it's how from. Did you, I was going to say, how did you lot. get that? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm not quite sure. I fall around <laughs> a bit on the. Uh, and the set pieces fall and all sorts of fun things. Yes, and what I'm loving about doing it is that it's a show that everyone enjoys. There's kids that come in the audience. It's a great family show, but oh, it's really? not just for children because these adults are like, have terrible things are happening. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. kids are laughing. Their grandparents are laughing. Mm -hmm. It is, it is nonstop comedy. I, mean, awesome. I don't think I've ever heard an audience laugh as consistently wow. for two hours yeah. as I have during the show. Feel I'm, real good. I feel I very that. blessed yeah. to be able to part, be a part of it. Your husband, David Burka, also heading back to stage, yep. God of Carnage. Yeah. So, I mean, what's it like? It's very rigorous for both of you to be in a show at the same time. Mm. So how, how do you make it work? Well, it, the timings are just what they were. He got asked to be in this uh, wonderful theater company, TBTB, Theater Breaking Through Borders. Mm -hmm. And they're doing God of Carnage, which is it's a, a remake of a play that was done on Broadway many years ago. And he, we met acting. And then we had a family, and he pivoted to the chefing world, mm -hmm. and he's back in acting. So this is a really awesome opportunity for him. I love that. And we're kind of doing opposite shows. Mm -hmm. right. He's doing, like, real, yes. dramatic, <laughs> delicious play. And so we'll just, we just figure it out. Our kids are 12, so they're a little more self-sufficient. Right. And 
we all just make it work. Wait, talk to me about this newsletter, Wondercade, which has <sighs> recommendations for everything from lifestyle, um, for, you know, just it's I guess it was a newsletter and then now it's a full website, right? Indeed. Wondercade was this weekly missive email that I just would send every Wednesday. Did you just Still have, you do. Wanted, did you just want to give? You just had things to say and share? It's or? my version of Goop. Okay. okay. But less so viscous. So do you have a candle? Less yeah. viscous. Um, I, yes. <laughs> I have a, a, a downstairs candle. That is just not selling well. No, it's, we had the, the newsletter, but with a newsletter, you can only have so much space because and you just had it's so an much email. Right. No, but with a, now we have a website. So you I can actually that. go to wonderkid.com, sign up for the newsletter. But now you can have video interviews. You can sell, you can buy a box of rosé wine Ooh. with puzzles and games all over the sides. I love, I love how Pitch. you love puzzles. Wait, I love yeah. that. I love all that. Game Wait, box that wine. sounds like a good time. I brought some for you guys. Oh, oh did you? don't so even. If you're That's a rosé wine Drink. I am. Are you kidding? Nice, nice. I love Ooh. that. All right. So uh, you, you just recently uh, reprised your role as Barney yeah. and, and How I Met Your Father. Indeed. Well, was it easy just slipping that back on? It is uh, a literal and metaphoric suit I love to wear, for sure. That. Barney's a great character. And Hilary Duff is an amazing human actor and producer. Pam Fryman, who is the director of How I Met Your Mother, almost every mm-hmm. single of the episodes for nine years, is the it helms this ship oh, as well. Fun. So getting to go back and see all of my old friends and play this super cad yeah. again was, super, awesome. was lovely. Neil, it's, thank I, you. I, I know we're out of time, but happy birthday coming up. Wait, what? Where? Yeah. Right? A, a big one. I turned 50 on the 15th of June. Wow. Oh. Oh, I know. You guys go all out for birthdays, I feel like, and you're just following you on Instagram. You guys kind of go all out. So. We do. My husband did a really crazy, amazing thing for my 40th, and I've been, for the past 10 years, jokingly saying, well, what are you going to do for my 50th? <laughs> I think ready. I was panicking a bit, so yes. I said, it's you, fine. You you have to do everything. Yeah. We've had a lot of good times. Well, you are a delight. You're turning 50. I admire you because you, you have all these things going on, and you're still so, like, zen and centered and lovely. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thank I you. love getting to do fun things. All the yeah. things. All right. Well, you can catch me. And your pan goes wrong on Broadway until April 30th. Well, coming up next, we're going to celebrate National Gardening Day with some spring flower hacks, including which type gives you the most bloom for your buck. Third hour of today, I'll be right back. We want to help you mark your calendar. Today is National Gardening Day, so we're celebrating by showing us all how to make the most of our spring flowers, whether you got a green thumb or not. Here with us is our new bud, uh, Christina Stemble, <laughs> the founder and CEO of Farm Girl Flowers, a national flower delivery company. Amazing. Good to see you, Christina. Thanks for having me back. Thanks oh, for com- coming yeah. on in. We love this. I'm excited to talk to you about how to take some flowers from your garden mm-hmm. to your table. So right. so what, what, what do you want to do if you want to go beyond that typical kind of boring plant display. Yes, absolutely. I have some simple hacks I'm excited mm-hmm. to share okay. with you. Um, the first one, we're going to start with peonies. Okay. 92% of our customers, this is their favorite flower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when in doubt, if you have these growing in your garden, please invite me over okay. um, and sell them to us. But Beautiful. So this is, I'm going to show you my favorite hack. This is called the chop and drop, the I like to call it. Yeah, so you're going to work here. Okay. I'm going to work here. So we have these clippers. Okay. So this is really easy. This is the easiest way to take like a grocery store or, you know, flower shop. If they come like in a roundy moundy and you want to make it look the designer. Roundy roundy yeah, yeah, we don't exactly what you mean. Yeah. We don't want roundy boundies, no. right? So you just take them in your hand. Mm-hmm. This is the, like what I do at home because I don't want to spend a lot of time after work to arrange flowers. And you just stagger the stems in your hands. Oh, okay. Just take a handful oh, of them, okay. stagger the stems. 
take them out of their cellophane that you're probably bought them in. Is this just for this type of flower or nope. for any flower? Any flower. Okay. It's what we would do with tulips now, oh. so we're going to do two. But okay. yeah, super easy, just like this. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. You're doing great. It yeah. does give okay. it a little personality. Yes. Exactly, right? A little zhuzh. A little zhuzh. They just need to be a couple inches apart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, staggered. Then you kind of eyeball it next to the vase. So like, kind of like I hold it up to the vase. Okay. And right. then give it a cut. Right where the, the bottom of the vase is. And having good shears, I'm sure, makes a difference. Yes. I These, try to do it with my scissors. And it just... <laughs> yeah, the kitchen, I mean, you're going to dole them really quick. Um, you can just pick some up online really easy. These are chikamasas. Okay. And you just give them a quick, quick cut like this. Uh-huh. Take off any greens below the waterline and then drop them. See, we chop, we chop and, and drop. we drop. Yeah. Just like that. Right. Wow. Yep. Oh, cool. Whoops. It works. Just magic of TV. Ta-da. Forget that. Ta-da. Yeah. There we go. Oh, that's easy. And it just adds a little more personality. Yes. I Way find, better than right. I find right. with tulips, you know, they, they, you put them in and then they blah. Like, they just. <gasps> yeah. That's the yeah. most asked question I get. How do you make your tulips stand up? Because, you know, they do. They just, like, mm-hmm. flop over, right? Yes. They need to get hydrated first, but we don't want to wait, right? We're instant mm-hmm. gratification. So the easiest way, so there's there's a lot of things that we can talk about, like pennies, but, like, have to be older than a millennial. So, like, oh. 1982 or before have copper in them that will oh. make them stand up straight. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but the easiest way is just to leave the foliage on. Okay. So just, you know, look at the foliage is beautiful. Oh, it naturally protects it. Is that support? Yeah. Well, I like to think of it as, like, spanks for flowers. Oh, it just kind of supports it Holds it up, right? My phone was trying to chime in here on this segment. <laughs> totally. So here, I'm going to give you one. Okay. And then just leave the foliage on. And so this also, is the case where you don't take out the leaves. Yeah, don't the other take out ones the you do. Yeah, usually you want to take the foliage off below the waterline because bacteria grows that way. Mm-hmm. But this is just our little hack, so it makes it easy. Give it a, a little okay. chop at the bottom. And then just put it in. Pop it right in. And it will, the, the greenery will hold it up. See, yeah. so it's okay. not like flopping oh, so all, right, all over. Hey, Christina, what temperature water should you put this cool, in? Cool water, uh-huh. unless you want them to open very quickly. So if you're having a dinner party oh. and you want them to open, put them in warm water, and okay. that will make them open quicker. And how often do you change the water? Oh, we're getting, that's the number that one there? thing okay. yeah. to do We've for flowers. We've got 60 seconds left. Okay, great. So a lot of, so we need to, there's lots of different things, but the best thing you can do for your flowers is change the water daily. Okay. Daily? Huh? Daily, yes. It's, it's like, you know, you tell your dentist that you floss every day, but you don't. You don't. Yeah, yeah. No. it's the same this thing with really flowers. So do it every day. So yeah. wait, so like ice cubes you know. too. With ice cubes, there's you know sugar, bleach, vodka. So do you like any of that stuff? They work, but really just changing the water does the That's most good for the fl- for your flowers. So thank you for it. Okay, and then older pennies. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. before 1982, the they had copper. copper in it. There you well, go. This is just so beautiful. Well, happy National Gardening Day. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Thanks you for, for having you know, me. We really appreciate it. Third hour of today will be right back. I think I smell a quiz. This is so beautiful. I smell a flower. Another reason we love Friday is giving kudos to our Start Today Walker friends. So let's start off, David. Go. All right, David started his first day of retirement with a walk around the lake in Savannah, Georgia. Yay! Gina dedicated to consistent walks on the beach or at the mall. Good Gina! Job. Mary says she's proud of what her body can accomplish. Proud Mary! There you go. Charles is repping our group in Tampa, Florida. Charles! And Sandy credits her fellow Start Today friends for pushing her to add in strength walking. Thanks, Sandy! Join our Start Today walking challenge and sign up for our newsletter. Head to today.com slash start today. And next week, join us as we count down to our big Start Today event in Sonoma County, California. It is one week away, and we cannot wait. The show and the event are both sponsored by Sonoma County Tourism. That's right. Coming up on Hoda and Jenna, uh, actress and singer Vanessa Hutchins. Ah. Don't forget Wild Child and Earth Odyssey tomorrow morning. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend.